Hey everybody, it's Eric. For he did not wish tribute, nor song, nor monuments, nor poems of war and valor. His wish was simple. Remember us. Remember why we died. Hey guys, this is Joe. Spartans, ready your breakfast and eat hearty. For tonight, we dine in hell. Oh, man. You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time <laughs> to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. I'm sorry. I, I just... Joe's acting was so good in that quote read. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> That quote uh, is what you're getting yourself into a 300, man. What a what a uh, film. <laughs> all right. So anyway, besides that, besides your acting career, how's it going, Joe? Not too bad. Not too bad. I've been watching uh, it good. Yeah, I've been re-watching Party Down. Did you ever watch that show? No. So it's well, I think it came on 2009 and ended a couple maybe a year later, two years later. It got canceled to the second season, but it has a ton of great <laughs> actors and writers involved with it. Yep. And it was announced, it's been rumored forever now, like the like the last four or five years. That oh, yeah, Adam Scott. It. And yeah, yeah. It's got Jane Lynch. Oh, wow. It's so Martin funny. Star. And then it was, it was, it finally was official that they're making a third season. So I haven't watched it in years now. So I've been kind of re watching that. Um, I think I mentioned it last time, but I can't remember if I can't remember if I did not, but I also saw Uncharted recently, the movie Uncharted in theaters. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was, How was which that? Was, that was pretty good. It was, it was a, uh, the casting's weird. If you're a fan of games, the casting is a little odd. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You did say that. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. As I'm talking about this, I did. Yeah. So for those who didn't hear last week's episode, Uncharted is really good, but if you're a fan of the games, just kind of going with an open mind because the characters are casted so wrong. Yeah. But, Cause I remember I asked you about Mark Wahlberg and that led me on my <laughs> that's Mark did. Wahlberg rant. That's right. Uh-huh. Have you uh, been watching anything? I know you. I know your what your show. I saw you post on Instagram today or yesterday. Yeah, about, snowfall uh, yeah. starts tonight, so can't wait. I'm 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 so excited for that. And I I should actually, while we're talking, I, I got to give a shout out to another podcast. They they do like um they do YouTube videos mostly, I think. But um yeah, man, that show. If you it's like once you get into it, you want to tell everyone about it, and, it, and it's like uh if you know, you know. So the pod the other podcast is the Real for Real podcast. So it's the real and real is spelled like R E E L, like a film reel, and then for F O R real R E A L podcast. So the real for real. Oh, I like that that name. It's, it's good. Name. <laughs> yeah, and they, they're good dudes. We've gone back and forth about a bunch of stuff. Um, and when I put up the thing about um about snowfall, they were like they 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 were in the same in the same place as me. They can't wait too. So yeah, that's good. Um, also, uh, finally a new SNL this week. They've been off for like a month. It's been weird. So. I know Joe for that. hosting, which I'm interested in. So yep, and, and then, Elsa, uh, I think LC Sound Systems also do the music, right? I dude, I'm I'm horrible at remembering who the musician is, unless it's like you know what it is. I'm too old, and I don't know any of the musicians anymore. So unless it's like an, someone from the past, or if it's like a huge name, like if it was like Justin Bieber, I'd remember that. But I, yeah. I don't I don't remember. But um. And then, yeah, I had a long weekend this past weekend. Went to the Bees game. Huge win against the Avalanche. So that's cool. Um, I also finally caved and added a 
spent the money and added a uh, Patrice Bergeron game use stick to my collection, to my game oh, use stick collection. Awesome. Yep. How do you so, get those but, again? Do you go on eBay or do, do you, how do you get your, cause I know you have a collection of used game sticks. Yeah, it's tough. You can, I have bought some off eBay. You just have to know who you're buying them from and you have to kind of like, like anything else you have to do due diligence and make sure it's a real one. There are some eBay stores that are just, <clears throat> they have the reputation and you can confidently buy from those people. Cause you know, a lot of, there are a lot of people who like work for a team. Like there's this one guy who, if I want to buy a stick from the Colorado Avalanche, I know that that's who I'm going to talk to. Um, so yeah, you just got to do research. Some there are certifications like the the Bruins sell theirs through a, a particular website. So like my Bergeron stick will come with a certificate certificate of authentication and uh, yeah. So nice, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm pumped. Should be here tomorrow or the next day. So one of the more classy players for sure. <laughs> no one, no one can hate Bergeron. I feel like he's just like the most. He must be like the most well liked guy. One of the most well liked guys in the league. He, he is wrong. <laughs> he doesn't. And the craziest thing about him, and I pointed this out to my dad the past couple of games, especially as he gets older, <clears throat> is there are things where in hockey, like, you know, if you, if the goalie covers the puck and, or is in the process of covering the puck and I go to dig it out as the, as a forward on the other team, as a defenseman, you almost don't even like think you like hack the guy and like push him or punch him and whatever. Cause you're like, don't touch my goalie. And Bergeron, no one touches Bergeron because it's just it's understood that he he he's not going to go too far. He has this like almost twenty year reputation of being such a good guy that you know he's not going to do it. So so sometimes he'll go in and dig, and the and the defenseman will like look like he's going to hit him, and then he'll be like, "Oh, it's Patrice." And then Patrice just stops and skates away, and the defenseman's like, "Hey, man, like whatever, dude, good job." Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's an awesome player. He is. So, but anyway. So well, you guys heard the trailer, you heard Joe's uh, quote and me laughing <laughs> from his quote. <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about the movie um, 300. And to go along with that, I'll show Joe the can. I'll try to remember to, to share a picture of it on Instagram later. But there's this brewery in, uh, called River Sticks Brewing. And River Sticks is uh, a, a place in like, like Greek mythology. And I've had three of their beers now. This is my third one. This one is um, Typhon. It's a double IPA. And I've had three of the beers. I've had this one, Hercules, which I think was a single IPA. It may have also been a double, but I can't remember. Hercules is my favorite, but this is really good. And then I also had a like a, a stout, like a chocolate stout that was super sweet, but good. Um, and they're awesome. Every beer I've had from them I've liked so far. So I definitely recommend them. Like I said, they're in Fitchburg, Mass. If you're in the area, I would say swing by. If you have anywhere near you that sells their beer, I would definitely say Give him a shot because it's good beer and it ties in with the movie. It's Greek mythology. So it's pretty good. So this is my pick. I think you, if anyone who knows Joe knows that he wouldn't have picked this one. Um, and I picked it because I remember, and we talked about this last week, but I remember seeing this movie. Well, I also wanted to give it another chance because I think I was a little bit disappointed when I first saw it, but I kind of tried to convince myself. I wasn't like, because it was of my age and everything like that. Um, seeing it later in life, not this time, but maybe a few years ago, I was not a huge fan of it. But like some other movies we've talked about, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I disliked it, the movie, or if I found the average fan of the movie to be obnoxious. You know what I mean? Like, not that this movie's the same thing, but like Fight Club, Scarface. Sometimes I don't know. <clears throat> 
how much I like those movies because I, I find their fans to be so obnoxious that I take it down a few pegs because of those people. But like I said, this movie came out when I was 21. I was the target audience, me and a group of my buddies, a bunch of 20, 21 year old, like total bros went to, to IMAX <clears throat> and saw it probably chug some monster energy drinks or something on the way. And we were pumped to see it uh, in the buildup to this one. That's one of the other things I remember is the buildup to this one was huge for, for us, the target audience. I remember like whatever we were watching, you'd see commercials for this. It was on UFC pay-per-views. It was the Stanley cup playoffs. It was all over MySpace. You could not escape it, especially if you were a 21 ish year old man. Oh yeah. The market. That's, that's one thing I remember too, is the marketing was like, I don't remember like what viral marketing looked like back then, but this must've been it. Like this must've been viral marketing. It was everywhere. Yeah. And you know what would be a, it's an impossible thing to talk about, but what would be a weird thing to, if there was an alternate universe, if you saw this movie and it wasn't so shoved down your throat, if you just stumbled upon it and it was like your friend had seen it, would you like it a lot more? You know what I mean? Like, was it just, yeah. Was so, it overhyped and was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, do you have any stats as far as how this one did financially? 300 came out on March 9th, 2007, had a budget between 60 and 65 million, making 456.1 million in the box office. It was written by Zack Snyder, Kurt Johnston, and Michael B. Gordon. Kurt also wrote Act of Valor, 300 Rise of an Empire, which I have not seen despite owning it in 3D. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, the sequel. Dude, you know what's funny is I haven't seen it, but re-watching this this week, I was like, and because that's also on um, HBO Max or something, I was like, you know what? I'll watch that. I'll give it a shot. I heard Evergreen Green is good in it, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he also wrote Atomic Blonde. Michael B. Gordon helped write the screenplay for this movie and also wrote the story for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Um, the movie was also directed by Zach, and he's had quite the career. Starting off with Dawn of the Dead, which was more received, made in the box office, it was decent in the box office. Then moving on to 300. From there, you went and directed Watchmen, which is one of my favorite superhero movies, if you want to call it that, I guess. Legend of the Guardians, Sucker Punch, Men of Steel, most recent Cut of Justice League. And he wrote and directed Army of the Dead most recently. What I didn't know was that he also co wrote the 300 sequel uh, with Kurt Johnston. So that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. But what a career. Say what you will about him as a director. His movies do very well in the box office. That they do. And then I have to make note that this movie is based off of the famous Frank Miller graphic novel, which if anyone has read it, this movie was pretty faithful to it, both story and style-wise. That's what I've heard. Have you read it? I have, yeah. (laughs) I read it before this came out, so it's been a while. But yeah, I remember really liking it. So critically, um, this one has some scores that are a little bit higher than others than I would have thought. I mean, and some that are a little bit lower. So on IMDb, it's a 7.6 out of 10. It's a little higher than I thought it would be 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's probably closer to what I would have guessed two stars from Roger Ebert. And honestly, that's better than I, better than I would have thought. So this is a quote from Ebert's review quote. I gave a four star rating to sin city, the 2005, 2005 film based on a graphic novel by Frank Miller. Now, as I deserve, I get 300 based on another work by Miller. Of the earlier film, I wrote prophetically, this isn't an adaptation of a comic book. It's like a comic book brought to life and pumped with steroids. They must have been buying steroids wholesale for 300. <laughs> so I think that's pretty accurate. But I, Ebert's weird sometimes. Like, 
that sounds like a one star review to me that i mean that's only one line but <clears throat> from the review but and so some news that was going on now you said this came out in march of 07 right yes yeah in the okay. united states yeah it was released somewhere else a month before but the video was released in the united states in march <clears throat> okay so i have some february i had february 2007 so i'm gonna give a i'm gonna I, give yeah i think that was oh was it was the united <clears throat> kingdom I can't, I can't remember now but it was released in another territory a month before it was the united states Okay, so we'll do uh, we'll do a double double dose. So we'll start with February for the for the for the UK. So February two thousand seven in film, um, some movies that came out because I said so. Hannibal Rising, Norbit with Eddie Murphy, um, music and lyrics with Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore, eighty eight minutes with Pacino, Hot Fuzz, uh, the Reno nine one one movie, and the number twenty three. So that's that's not a bad one. Um, not a bad one. And I, will, I just want to make the correction. It was it wasn't New York. It was Berlin. But yeah, it was February okay. 14th in, in uh, Berlin. Okay. Um, outside of film, February, again, we're in February of 2007. Peyton Manning and the Colts finally got their Super Bowl. And at the 79th Academy Awards, The Departed won big. Uh, Mark Messier's number 11 was retired by the Oilers. Now, I'm just we're just doing this off the cuff here. So film releases for, oh, I just did February. I'm an idiot. Hold on. Film releases for March 2007. Da, da, da. Let's see. All right, this looks like uh, concerning. Let's see. Yeah, I wonder what the reason was for <laughs> Berlin getting the first release versus because we're on the same thing. I'm not sure if anyone has ties to Berlin, yeah. but I don't know. So March, the, so the next month, some no. I'm just going to point out some notable ones: um, Blades of Glory, Meet the Robinsons, Scrolling, Scrolling. Oh, Rain Over Me, Wind That Shakes the Barley, which is one that I was actually considering doing for around St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, TMNT, uh, the sh- uh, Shooter. Uh, so, not a horrible, Man, not a bad. Not... All, I can see all those covers <clears throat> on the movie scene wall. I yep. can see all those covers. <laughs> shooter, especially. Shooter was never never left that, that wall. Shooter was Let's there for a else. long time. Oh, Zach Galifianakis live at the Purple Onion. Do you ever see that? That's awesome. I haven't, no. Zodiac, Wild Hogs, and Black Steak Moan. All right, so March was definitely the better month. March of 07. And then outside of film in March of 07, uh, at the Soul Train Music Awards, Music Awards, Jermaine Dupree and Jennifer Hudson win, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, REM, The Ronettes, Patti Smith and Van Halen. Let's see, trying to skip over some negative things. Um, after some initial hesitation, Emma Watson signs on to appear as Hermione in the final three Harry Potter films. Uh, Rihanna releases her number one, her hit single Umbrella featuring Jay-Z at a girl, Rihanna. And I'll give one more. Let's see. Model and actress Elizabeth Hurley weds Indian textile heir Arun Nayar, if I'm saying that correctly, in a castle in England. So there you go. You got two months. So one, one way or the other, we got it. Do you have the back of the DVD summary for this one, Joe? I do. And boys in a mouthful. Okay. So in 480 BC, a state of war exists between Persia, led by King Xerxes in Greece. At the Battle of Thermopylae, Leonidas, king of the Greek city, state of Sparta, leads his badly outnumbered warriors against the massive Persian army. Though certain death awaits the Spartans, their sacrifice inspires all of Greece to unite against their common enemy. That's not bad, actually. That's no, that's pretty good. I mean, the movie's pretty pretty linear. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple plot for the most part. Like I think they. 
make it a little <laughs> overly complex, like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then it's just like, you know, I agree with that. To it, but. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so major cast members and directors going into this movie, there aren't a ton of like super huge names in this one. There are a few though. There are a few big names and a ton of Jack dudes. The main, the main Jack dude, Gerard Butler. He plays Leonidas. You also know him from Dracula 2000, <clears throat> Phantom of the Opera. And those are really like the two big things he'd done before this. Also in Dear Frankie, P.S. I Love You, Rock and Rolla, Law Abiding Citizen, Bounty Hunter, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, Angel Has Fallen, uh, Greenland, and uh, Night Has Fallen. So in the past 10 years or so, he's kind of just said, I'm going to make action movies where, you know, just I'm going to make kind of not senseless, but movies based on a lot of explosions and cool action scenes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm the number one fan of this movie. So uh, Lena Headey, is that how you say her last name, Headey? That's how I was. That's how I was. That's what I'm going with. Sometimes for people that don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, Joe, but there are words that I say. I trip over words recording the podcast that I would never trip over just having a conversation because it, you're like so nervous to say it wrong being recorded. Yes. And like sometimes I read <laughs> notes instead of just speaking freely. So like if I'm reading notes, I read, read differently than I would just be speaking it. Right. Right. So Lena Headey, she plays uh, uh, Gerard Butler, King Leonidas's wife. So she plays the queen. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know her as Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones. Also in the Brothers Grimm, Dread, The Purge, Pride and Prejudice, <clears throat> zombies and more and one thing that i i haven't fact checked this a ton but <clears throat> we're going to get into a little bit later some things that maybe haven't aged so well um from this movie but i did dig her as like a strong character like a like a like the king listened to her she her opinion was valued you know what i mean yo yeah i actually really love one of my favorite scenes which we'll talk about <laughs> briefly after is when she stabs um what's his name i can't remember his name now oh my god uh, uh oh well uh, um uh dominic west who, yeah dominic west, well, i can't remember his name yeah he, yeah i was i was gonna say mcnulty from the wire but <laughs> <laughs> that scene was so badass i was like Isn't that, awesome like, that was it, yeah when the spartan queen stabs mcnulty that was a good one um so yeah, um, Vince Regan, he plays Artemis, who's Leonidas's like loyal friend. He's also in Troy, Unleash, <clears throat> Clash of the Titans, and Lockout. And then this is a weird one. Rodrigo Santoro, he plays Xerxes. And I honestly didn't remember that because he probably he looks so different. You, there's no way you could look at him if you didn't know that it was him and tell that it was him. We just talked about him in in Love Actually. He's also in Red Belt, Red Belt, uh, Brainstorm, Che, I Love You, Philip Morris, Lost on TV, the TV show Lost, and Westworld. But <clears throat> even after we watched Love Actually just a couple months ago, no part of me was like, "Hey, that's Xerxes from 300," because he's so different looking. Um, Michael Fassbender who you know from Band of Brothers, Hunger, where he played Bobby Sands, Fish Tank, Inglorious Bastards, the X-Men films. This was actually his film debut. So I, I cool. completely, I know, I, 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 when I was watching this, I completely forgot he was in this movie. So that was a really cool, t- yeah. like these movies, Zack Snyder's films, he obviously he's, he's do the casting, but man, they always find like up and rising actors <laughs> in all the movies. It's awesome. Right. Like you look at Watchmen, you look at Dawn of the, Dawn of the Dead. Yep. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and Fassbender plays Stelios. And then I have to mention, we brought it up. 
Dominic West, a.k.a. McNulty from The Wire. <laughs> he, he plays uh, Theron, the dirtbag. Yes, okay. Yeah, the dirtbag, like, crooked politician who who gets shanked by uh, by the queen. So, spoiler alert. Um, so, for the more you know random facts, do you have anything down? Yeah, I had a, I had a few. Um, so, this was something that I caught while watching it, and I thought this is what I meant, but I just wanted to mention it here in case anyone thought otherwise. At around 26 minutes in the movie, when they're kind of moving off into the battle, uh, the line, come back with your shield or on it, was a common phrase by Spartan women to their sons and husbands. Soldiers would drop their heavy shields when they ran, and their wives would uh, rather they come home dead than a coward. The soldiers were carried home on their shields, so... I love that. And I me know too. that that makes me like such a bro, but shows how hard, how uh, strong a woman she is in this yep. movie. And, <laughs> and how, how they're all committed to the cause. Like, yeah. Defending, like the defending soldiers, right. The soldiers are willing to go give their lives for it. And the, the, give their lives for it. And the wives of the soldiers are committed to it too, where they're willing to almost like donate the lives of their husbands. Yeah, that's if why it's I love, better for the bigger picture. Yeah, that's why I love that line when they're talking to the messenger and she's like, a strong woman can only give birth to a spar or something like that. Yep, I'm like, man, yep. like, uh, like that really like, tells you her character right from the start. Yeah, awesome. she, was a, she was a badass. Yeah. Um, this was the highest grossing R-rated comic book film ever made until the release of Deadpool. I saw that. That's crazy. Um, the Battle of Thermopylae is often taught to military strategists as an example of the advantages of training, equipment, and the good use of terrain as force multipliers and man that like as he's going through the plan <laughs> the beginning it's so smart hearing talk about like the narrow quarters how they yep. know it and no matter how many they have only so many can fit in that yep. path anyways I'm like man so smart I'm like I, if i was listening to that I'd be like you know what i there's a chance that. you can yeah. do this yeah <laughs> yep yep <laughs> um tim connelly who plays uh leonidas's father was also gerald butler's son double which is really cool getting him some screen time and then this is just something that Pau caught on that made me laugh throughout the movie. <laughs> Not a fun fact at all, but it's more of like a what the hell, like a goof maybe. After one of the fight scenes earlier on in the movie, you see it goes back to um, the queen and what they're doing at home. Yep. And then it goes back to you and you see Leonidas eating an apple. And Pau just cannot get over the fact she's like, where do you get this apple from? He doesn't have any bags. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Where did this apple come from? She just cannot let that slip, so... Yeah. Make a little, no, that's a good point that. <laughs> that's a good point um i just had a few um around at around 45 minutes when the persians demand that the spartans surrender their weapons he replies come and get them according to ancient historians leonidas actually said that it was also adopted as the motto of the greeks the greek army's first corps so that's pretty cool uh the script demanded that most of the male cast spend the majority of their scene time bare-chested as per Frank Miller's original graphic novel to adequately present themselves as the most well-trained and marshaled fighting force of the time. The entire principal cast underwent a rigorous eight week training regime organized by Mark Twight, a world record holding professional mountain climber. And they were jacked and shredded. Do you remember the stories of that when it was like, I remember that being like one of the controversies of this movie early on um, when people were doing that fitness routine and like dying because it was too intense for them. Like they didn't have professional trainers with them. So they were dying. People were like dying doing this Spartan workout (laughs) Yeah, because they just got so, you know, what happened is they went to the movies with their girlfriends and their girl or their wives 
and their girlfriend and wives were like, oh my God, look at Gerard Butler. So they were like, I, I got to do, I got to do what pressure. I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I got to do what I got to do to look like Gerard Butler. And it's like, I got news for you, dude. And this goes for you. Hollywood actors and actresses are genetically freaks anyway. Like I could work out every day for the next 10 years and eat nothing but like chicken breast and lettuce. I'm not going to look like Gerard Butler and, and 300. And, the, and my other favorite thing is because <clears throat> I was working at a gym a little bit after this and insecure dudes would say they would be like oh yeah you know they they he got kind of jacked for this but a lot of this is like the graphic uh like the graphics and they like highlighted his muscles and whatever i'm like oh yeah yeah he i'm sure he looked like crap without the without the right camera i was like it's it's so weak it's such a that's something normally like i think of a girl's doing it's like dude they they were all shredded um all right moving on at around 40 minutes the quote, then we will fight in the shade. It's from the Spartan, uh, it's from the Spartan warrior Dionikis when warned about the enemy's arrows. It's also in Greek on modern Greek soldiers' uniforms. And the last one I have, director Zack Snyder's son plays young Leonidas in the child fight training scene. That's pretty cool. It's probably like, what is he? What oh, yeah, was like, that's, that's required. I missed that. Yeah. Um, so this is something that Joe and I talked about before we started recording. The not in this millennium things that wouldn't fly in today's environment. So normally when I when this comes up, I have like a few bullet points, and I don't really have that for this one. I don't know how to say it, but I'm just going to kind of freestyle it. So a few things, and this is coming from the graphic novel, so you can't really blame the movie, I guess. But like the whole character of that Andrew Tiernan played. Um, the guy who had been thrown out, he'd been thrown out. His the character's name is Ifialtes, Ifialtes. Like kind of like the guy with the hunchback who um, Gerard Butler says he, you know, he, he tries to join the squad, and Gerard Butler says he can't, and then he ends up turning on on the Spartans. But that whole character would definitely be different, I think. There's also like some weird. I don't know if it's like. There's some weird vibes about um, Xerxes where it's kind of like, it's kind of almost implied that he's like, maybe it's just me, but I was getting like, they were trying to say he was gay or something or. Well, I get that. Well, this movie was like, <clears throat> don't people say like, this is like one of the early films that kind of accepted. Like I remember reading a whole thing about this one, like one of, again, like maybe a few years after it came out. I think, I think you're right. I think like that, like that was what they want you to think of him as, but they don't ever come out and say it like straight out. It's almost like you have to, you look into it that way if you if and you they, want to and i just which is fine i just think they went a little over the top with like let's give this guy 87 piercings and like not that there's anything wrong with that if you want to do that i don't know that, that character i think would be done differently today but yeah the the whole like their life um the persian's life over just where it was kind of like once um the character i was just talking about uh once the guy andrew tiernan's character once he went back with the persians and they were just like everyone's having sex with everyone and it's just it was like this weird like but yeah other than that i guess i guess it's not as i don't know it's just there's certain things that you see and you're like i don't really know what they're trying to say there but what about you what do you what do you, what do you think no you pretty much hit on the i'll say it's one of those things, movies that again it's about what, 40 bc it's about it could be stuff taken from the graphic novel most of it is taken from the graphic novel and then like there are things that obviously wouldn't fly in today's age but this is a movie set Yes. Quite a while ago. So. <laughs> right. Right. So 
yeah, I think I think we can end it with there as far as stuff yeah. that wouldn't fly. Um, favorite scene? What did you have down? Um, so for favorite scene, it's I it's I usually don't like pick a scene like this, but I really liked the um, the opening when we hear the narrator talking about Leonidas, his transition from boy to man. And I love how they go into the, you know, him in the night battling this, uh, this wolf. And then when the screen kind of just goes to black and then transitions to adult Leonidas with the music, this is like one of the few moments when the music kicks in at the perfect timing. It really felt epic. And that's kind of saying something for a movie that really focuses on all these like epic big scale fight scenes. But this is the scene that really like, I thought really, really felt epic for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's a good one. And I, and I, I also think they spent just enough time with Leonidas as a kid, and not, you know, like we only see a whole act with him, like coming an adult. Like we get it; it was just, it was just the right timing, just kind of speed it along. And I also really loved when I mentioned before when the Queen stabs Theron, his name is, as we just talked about, after he pretty much tries blackmailing her and turning different things around, and she just had it; she's had it; she right in front of everyone, she stabs him. We waste no time with it as in drag on the drama. She just kills him right there and then. And then he drops these gold coins that show he was a traitor. So it's, I love how he just wiped down the rug so fast. I I was thinking when I was watching this, you'd, you'd bring it up, just made me think. So Dominic West, AKA McNulty from The Wire, who plays Theron. I know this isn't how casting works. Like I'm sure he tried out for, he auditioned for the role of Theron. But in my mind, he heard that there was a movie about these like Spartans and he's like, you know, I'm in pretty good shape for a guy my age. I'm in pretty good shape. I'm going to be a Spartan. And he showed up and they were like, no, 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 Dominic. That the, they like point to Gerard Butler and they're like, you got to look like that to be a Spartan. You can be like one of the politician guys who's, who's still in decent shape, but you're not, you're not a Spartan. And I say that he's in better shape than me. It's just tough, tough competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I have my favorite scene is I actually think the end of this movie is very well done. I kind of forgot about that. The part where I it was kind of where my quote came from at the beginning, but the part where the soldier is telling another group of the Spartans a story and he gives the speech and he says that Leonidas's wish was remember us as simple as an order as a king can give. Remember why we died. I, I thought that scene was great and it's going to tie into if I could change what I could change if I could change something, it'll tie into that in a second. But I love that scene, and and I don't have a a number, but when I was thinking of what I was going to give this movie, it was my score was at a certain point, and then at the end, I feel like they tied it up like very well. So yeah, I really like the ending too, and I really like the reveal <laughs> of who the narrator is. Basically, yes. I like how yep. people go in this movie. With like you know, it's so inaccurate. Oh, you know, this never, this never happened. It's a guy telling a story. So like, obviously, right. this might not be how they looked at it, but I looked at it this way, watching it for the first time in years. Is yeah, things get twisted in stories, and like this yep. is a story that this guy was telling to get his troops hyped up, <laughs> like propaganda. Right. So like, who knows? Like, I, like it's almost you can take it as however you want to with all the inaccuracy, like defenders. But <laughs> I thought this was an awesome, a really smart way of tying this movie up, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And then visually, one thing I have to mention is the transition. It's kind of when they first start fighting the Persians and they push them off the cliff. And then the transition. So you get a side view of them, 
the Spartans moving forward and the Persians all just like throwing themselves off this cliff or, or getting pushed off a cliff. And then it transitions. So they think like, all right, we got them on top of the world. And then they, it transitions into all the arrows getting shot up in the air. And you, you think of that line that you heard a couple of minutes before where it's like, our arrows will blot out the sun. And just visually, I thought it was two cool shots of the side shot of the guys getting pushed off the cliff. And then immediately they turn around, look up at the sky and the sky goes from like, kind of like a sunset orange to black. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So soundtrack, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the soundtrack of 300? So I, I mean, I, I, it was composed by Tyler Bates and it fits the movie as well as it can. I mentioned the one scene in the beginning with the transition from boy to adults. And I thought that was a, one of the standout moments for the, for the soundtrack. Um, but it doesn't stand out because everything else in the film does for the most part. He's composed, all the movies he's Tyler Bates is composed for is Timmy and T, uh, Timmy and T Rex, which is a wild film if you've ever seen it. Um, he's worked with Snyder a bunch with Dawn of the Dead, 300, Watchmen, Sucker Punch. Um, and with, he's also worked with James Gunn a few times with Guardians of the Galaxy, Slither, and a few others. Bates is also composed for video games with Army of 240 Day, Transformers War for Cybertron, God of War Ascension, Kills on Shadowfall, and Far Cry New Dawn. So he's had a pretty successful resume in both sides of the medium with movies and video games and even some tv so he's definitely had a successful posing career yeah i agree i think that you know it wasn't the greatest but it fit the movie well the one thing i i didn't like was every once in a while when the music got a little bit it was too clearly modern music that bummed me out i talked about that when we talked about a knight's tale how i just can't something in me i can't deal with like this movie set in like 400 ad or whatever and then someone like riffs a guitar solo I, I just my mind can't process that but um so if you could change one thing i'm gonna go first with this one just okay. so i because i have a few things so there, there are like there are quite a few things that i would change with this one but a lot of them are too general and one thing i figured out re-watching it and researching it <clears throat> is that a lot of my problems with the film are actually f- really problems with the graphic novel because everyone says that like you said at the beginning it, it it's a pretty honest representation of the graphic novel. So I can't really, it's not really fair for me to knock on the movie when the movie is just doing what, you know, the novel suggested. So, but all that said, I don't care if it's the novel or the movie. One thing that I don't like is the whole subplot of uh, F.E. Altis, the guy who's like kind of physically challenged and, whose parents left Sparta so he wouldn't be killed and everything. That story is just weird and depressing and rushed. And I know that in a graphic novel, it may be different, but they could have, I think it would have been better if they made that guy just not a, like made it, make him look like an average person. Like he doesn't have to be, cause that would only make the like Gerard Butler and stuff look more. It would reinforce the fact that like, yeah, Joe, you're a fine, healthy-looking guy, but you don't look like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I completely agree. I actually made a little tip on that as well on my end. And really, like, nothing – there's, like, no resolution for that character either, really. No. Like, no. And so it's, like, it goes nowhere with him. Like, obviously, we see what happens with one side, but we don't see what, happen, what happens with his side. So it's just kind of, like you said, just felt <clears> rushed and wasn't needed well, that, for sure. But that is the, res- the resolution, though, and that's one fun fact that I, I didn't write down is – so what Gerard Butler says to him – I can't remember the quote right now. Something he, about he'll live on or something like yeah, that. Yes, I hope you life. live forever because yeah. to, to a Spartan, a Spartan wants to die in war. He wants to die in battle. So what he's actually saying to him is like, 
F you. Like you'll never get a Spartan death. You'll never be one of us. You know what I mean? So it sounds like a nice thing, but that kind of the open-ended ending with him is kind of a good thing. Cause it's really him saying like, go ahead, live your mediocre life and, and die when you're 70 and you know, cause you'll never be what I am. So, yeah. but, but yeah. And then the, I mentioned this one, my favorite scene was the end. I, I think the end is the best part. And I wish that there was a way I go both, I go back and forth. I wish that there was a way to give a tiny taste of that in the beginning. So you would know where the voice is coming from. It is cool to hear like to, to at the end be like, Oh, it's, it's a guy. But I think I would have had more patience or I don't know, I could go back and forth, but I, I wish that, I don't know how to do it, but I wish that that ending, you got a taste of it before the last five minutes of the film. That's all. Yeah. It was a really cool reveal, but <laughs> I can't remember. Did they explain how he survived? Did I miss him? I, I don't know if I, well, I can't remember if I missed he, something or if I, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Leonidas like sent him home. Cause he was like, he got his eye cut. Right. Okay. And then, yeah. And then yeah, Leonidas right. was like, basically like your job is to go tell our story. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, you know, he, Leonidas is pretty much saying like, dude, we're all going to die. Like we're all going to die right here. So it's no good for to have one more person die. It's more valuable to Sparta and, and to, to all of our people if you go tell them this story because what we've done is amazing. Dude, that's one of my, that's one of my problems with this movie is <clears throat> that's what's like, pow. I can't. I don't know who the hell's who. Everyone looks. Everyone looks the same. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know who the hell's who. So I'm trying to figure out who yeah. the hell this guy is. So where was he in the battle? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, that's fair. So did you? What did you give your? If you could change one thing or no? Um. So I I, I joked in the beginning saying like. You know, I don't really know why I would change like to make this movie completely different because you're going into this for bro action. That's what you're getting. But I mentioned the be- a little earlier on that I think it's a bit more complex than it needs to be in the beginning for a movie like this. I forgot actually like going into this for the first one years. I forgot how much time we actually spend before the fighting starts. So I think we could definitely, you know, spend up a little bit, just get to the action, make it an hour and 45 minutes versus, you know, two hours. Um, and I think going at what we just talked about now is I guess more focus on some of Leonidas' battle mates, like his best friend and maybe his friend's son, for example. I really didn't care when they died. But that's also because I didn't get any sense of attachment to them either. So I think if we spend a little more time with certain characters, their arcs ending would have been a little more impactful than it actually was. And give someone, you know, give someone different color hair, make them not all like so tan. Like make it make it easier so I can tell who the hell's who, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's fair so uh you we've come to the point of the podcast where we give our score and we rate movies on a scale of one to five would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie so a score of one is you start off and they show the little scene with uh little leonidas fighting the wolf and you're like i'm i don't like wolf violence and you turn it off all the way up to the score of five which is you're gonna rent this movie keep it a few extra days pay the late fees because you want to watch it a few more times Show it to all your bro friends. Maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so you don't have to bring it back. So score of one is low. Score of five is high. This is my pick. So Joe's going to go first. I'm interested to see what you think, Joe. Yeah, I feel like this is the one I thought I was going to. I give it a 3.5 out of five. So um, 300 might be the most style of a substance movie ever. It's one of those movies that you can jump into at any point in the movie and not really miss much since you know exactly what you're getting out of this very linear film. When people mention movies being popcorn flicks, this is the perfect example of that, and that's not a bad thing. Are you going into this thinking that it's going to, you know, be the best movie ever, or you're going to learn about the history of the Spartans? No, probably not, right? 
but you're going to have a fun time. Yeah, you probably will. So you have to go into this movie kind of, you know, with that mindset that it's just yeah. a fun popcorn flick and you will enjoy it, I think. Yep. And one thing that I, to follow up, I didn't have this in my notes, but but I agree with what you just said. And it's it's like just under two hours. That's a huge thing for me because sometimes they make a movie like this where you're like, oh, cool. There's going to be a little bit of plot, but a lot of swords and, you know, good looking people, but the movie's like two hours and 40 minutes. And you're like, no, no, that I don't want to commit to two hours, 40 minutes. I want, but if you tell me sit down for an hour and 58 minutes or whatever this movie is, and, and you're going to see some, there's going to be some stuff that kind of bores you, but most of it's going to be like cool sword fights and, you know, good looking dudes and good looking women, then, you know, sign me up. So the problem I've always had with this one is that the story itself of Thermopylae is so cool. And I say this is not, I'm not a history major. I don't know the story of the, the Battle of Thermopylae, like the ins and outs, but just the idea that, that a small group, anytime it's like an underdog story, I like that. So the story itself is so cool. And I feel like they didn't do it justice. It's kind of similar to the problem I have with Pearl Harbor, the movie. But after rewatching it and researching, and like I said earlier, I have to be fair and place some of, most of that criticism on the graphic novel and not this film. This film's it does it pays homage to the graphic novel from everyone i know that has read the novel it's flawed but it's entertaining i gave it a three out of five the end of the movie boosted it a bit for me if the whole movie was similar to the last 10 or 15 yeah i it would have been a, a lot better but i i didn't i i liked rewatching it and i would rewatch it again it's it's under two hours and it's entertaining so yeah, who thought I'd give this a score? I give this a little higher than you would, huh? Going into this yeah, movie. no, <laughs> no, but I think I think we both came to the same conclusion yeah, that you know, and this maybe this should be a lesson for us is that we should, if you sit down and rewatch a movie and remove how annoying some fans of it can be, yeah, and especially when it first came out, and just give it a fair shake, it may, may be better than you thought it was going to be. So, um, the beer from River Sticks Brewing in Fitchburg is, is delicious. Typhon, father of all monsters, double IPA. Definitely check that out if you can. Uh, follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. Um, we'll be back next week. And this was my pick. So next week is Joe's pick. So what are we What are we talking about next week, Joe? We're going to be watching the uh, movie Evolution. It was something that I wanted to watch for a little while now. Um, Ivan Reitman directed it. And he recently passed away, unfortunately. So this wasn't, I didn't yeah. pick this because of that, but I have a list of movies I want to review. This being the next one on my list here. So um, Evolution is we will be reviewing. And I believe for you, Eric, I think it's on Hulu streaming. It so, is. And I, and I have not seen this. I haven't seen it in a long, long, long time. So it's another one of those movies that might suck. <laughs> so. But I, I like the idea. I actually, I thought of how we, we should have mentioned Ivan Reitman. Um, last week when we recorded we recorded but i kind of forgot to so it's good that we're you know talking he's a legend about regardless of how this movie does he's a legend regardless so it's yep totally yeah so all right guys well thank you guys very much for listening and we'll be back next week thank you as always thank you <laughs>